ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast, where each week we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. We've bellied up to the bar today. It's another Wednesday. It's another great day to be joining us, and it's finally started to rain here in New York, and we don't have any more of the mystery smoke. And for those of us that have served, we laugh at this because we've all lived through controlled burns. Everyone on the West (laughs) Coast deals with this every year with these smoke clouds, but somehow on the East Coast, it was a magical thing that none of us had ever seen, and oh my gosh, how how are we going to deal with it? So it was a great laugh. Or if you've dealt with uh, the burn pits in, in the military, you find it even funnier. But we have lucked out today. We have a beautiful woman. Not often do we get these at the bar because <laughs> it's just my face. And then, you know, so we lucked out. She's bringing us lots of energy and going to talk about how confidence is the most attractive thing you can wear mm-hmm. and how people can help people and mostly how impact i love this line how empowered women can empower women and not be mean to each other because we've all seen mean girls so bellying up to the bar today and i had to take a few minutes for her to educate me on how to pronounce her name properly because as you all know i just butcher names we have <laughs> miss zamara escobar you didn't know you were getting applause did you i sure did not (laughs) i love it well first of all i want to thank you sean for having me on your show i love the whole concept and idea um i love the fact um can i have a glass of champagne at your bar uh yes actually it's in this box can you see the (gasps) in this box amazing right here Uh uh-huh so we do have champagne beautiful I i love that I may not have the brand everybody wants, but I have pretty much the liquor everybody wants. <laughs> the brand. Hey, I'm all about good champagne. It should be tasty and not expensive. It's all about like French champagne, right? I would say, does it need to be from the Champlain Valley? Does it have to be real true champagne for you? Mm-hmm. My favorite brand. champagne actually is from a French deli. Like they have like different delis over here. It's called Moulin. And um, it's literally my favorite. It's like $25. It's one they bring from France and it's not expensive. That's how I learned. Cause I used to, you won't name any names, brands that I was like, Oh, it has to be over a hundred dollars for me to be like. Uh, Crystal and, uh, no, it does one? not. Dom, Dom Perignon, you know, it's gotta have that name. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're, they taste good, but sometimes we kind of have these, this mentality that good champagne. Cause I love mimosas. I'm like a brunch girl every single weekend. You just have to like squirt a little bit of like orange juice. I really don't need a lot of orange juice. You know, you could like spray orange juice on top of the champagne. <laughs> What's the bottled? Uh, God, we haven't even done the show opens yet. What's the bottled mimosa? Like, what is that one? Like, there's a the bottomless brand. mimosa. No, the brand. There's a brand of champagne mimosa already mixed together. Oh, I have not heard of that one Why? at all. Oh, God, like the. So I was doing our pre-show over on TikTok. Uh-huh the lady was from Wisconsin that, that just decided she wanted to talk to me. Uh-huh. And I always tell people like my friends were from, um, Graf- Grafton and Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And I, 
never seen bigger drinkers in my life than Wisconsin. That's like a different level. Yeah, of, it's a different level. Like it's there. Like every, we went to a. I went to their wedding. I was in their wedding, and there was a bar across the street. Uh-huh. And we all were like, "Well, we're not going to do whiskey shots before our wedding." We were doing apple pucker shots and just getting ripped. Like <laughs> there wasn't a sober one of us in the wedding, and then they started passing around this bottle of already mixed mimosa and I had never had it. And I like, like, don't give me sweet drinks. Cause I don't, my mind doesn't process it. Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I will. I, mm, you know what's amazing about what you're saying? I can't, I'm the type of girl. I have a cocktail, um, anything tequila and vodka. And I'm like, Oh, there was, Oh, it's nice selling you or a little like whiskey and brandy. Right. But I can hang like my whiskey drinkers and my cocktail drinkers can't hang with my champagne intake. And I'm like, oh! it's like, I feel like empowered in a different way. <laughs> I always think of, have you ever seen the movie uh, with Tom Cruise cocktail? Yes. yes. The that came out of that movie was champagne in like perfume. Was it in like perfume out like uh, shit? <laughs> because you, you can drink it. And then when it, but when it hits you, Champagne will do you dirty. It does. It oh. does. And mind you, this is way before, like when I actually went to Paris and we go to like, I went to the Champagne region. I was so not educated on, and I kept on thinking like I was like a poor 20, you know, in my 20s, early 30 girl. And I'm like, oh, I, I couldn't be able to like hang or like everything has to be uh, super expensive. Not realizing that over here with all the taxes and blah, blah, blah is what makes it expensive over there. Like. $20 bottle is pretty good. You know? That's, that's high-end high bottle. I love it. God, we may not even get to talk about what you're talking about. I <laughs> love uh, let's, no. do that. let's get some house cleaning done, and then we're going to get into this. So as always, folks, over my right shoulder is sticker and a cause. If you've got something that you're supporting, maybe you're looking to – you're empowering people. You're a self-help coach. Maybe you've got an organization you're supporting. Whatever it is, you can reach out to me on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. TikTok, Instagram, even our email. They're all the above the bar podcast. You reach out to me. Let me know what you got going on. I'll give you the address. You send me out a sticker. We put it on the big board. That's free advertising for you. Once again, sticker and a cause, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, Gmail, all of it, the above the bar podcast. Then the other side, we got to talk about our sponsor. They're actually a Southern California company originally, but I've got them out, out here. Uh, it's budget blinds of East Greenbush. And let me ask you like this. And I would, you know, you're a pretty stylish lady there, Zamara. You're a pretty stylish lady. So window covering, window treatments. Are you you ever go to somebody's house and you're like, oh, look at those. Uh that grant is that grandma's window coverings? You know, like you know, <laughs> Like they, got wood blinds, they they got wood blinds up and they look like they probably came across the Oregon Trail or something like that. Well, maybe maybe it's time to give your windows a stunning makeover. You know, look at Tamara; she's all about a stunning makeover. And we want to introduce you to Budget Blinds of East Greenbush, your go-to destination for stylish and affordable window treatments. That's awesome. Here, here's an idea for you. I want you to picture this for a moment, Tamara. Beautiful custom window blinds, perfectly complementing whatever decor you have in your house. You just moved. This might be something to think about. Decor in your house, providing privacy, blocking out harsh sunlight. And guess what? You're going to get the blinds of your dreams just as easy as calling them because they're going to come to your house. They're going to measure for you. They're going to show you the material in your home. It's a free consultation, 
free measurements. Before they leave, they're going to hand you an actual uh, document that says, hey, this is what it's going to cost to do this. And we're talking blind shades, shutters, drapes, whatever you want to fit the project you're looking at. What do you think about that? That's a pretty good deal. It is, especially it's it sounds simple and sometimes it can make it too complicated. That's the and thing. No, and nobody wants to come to your house anymore. Nobody everybody's like, uh, you can come to our showroom and then <laughs> yes. you ask them, you're like, Well, I don't know how this is gonna look on my paint or in my windows or with my view. And everybody's like, You can take a picture. Well, you can take a picture. Well, they're going to come out. And if you mention to them that you're there to belly up to the bar, they're going to give you a 10% mm -hmm. discount off your entire order. So that's budget not a bad deal. So that's not budget East Greenbush, 10% off. Look, and my buddy James, this is like, I'm going to plug James for a minute because I love James Project. James has been on here with us. Shag, shag carpet. I love it. I love, you know what, James? It's funny you say that. I would. I know the guys at Budget Blinds of East Greenbush, and they were telling me they were just in a, in a home, had great furniture, and they actually told the person, you know what would look good in your living room? A old-school shag carpet, like a throw shag. I like mm -hmm. shag, so I think mm -hmm. it's good, especially if you don't have pets or kids running around. Shags still look good to me. But this is one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug him for a minute. I got to plug it, what James has got going on. Let me ask this, Amara. How many pictures are on your phone? Nine thousand, and I clean my phone, mind you. Nine thousand, and when we were growing up, I don't know about you, but I, I have I have photo albums from my grandmother and great grandmother that like no none of us know who's in those pictures. None of us know who's left mm. there. My art my art kit is a per, you can go and you join, you pay. Your pictures are never lost. You can verbally put on there. That's grandma, whoever, that's aunt, whoever, that's my friend, whoever you can leave a message for each of these pictures. They never disappear. Do you know if you didn't touch your Google for two years that they delete everything? I didn't know that for real. Yep. Two years. You don't touch Google because it remember it's a server. So they just delete everything on you. Oh, so my wow. art kit it never goes away. And even more impressive, heaven forbid, knock on wood, you have a family member that maybe they're, they're ill and they have somebody that they want to leave a message that they know they're never going to be able to, it's an infant or something like that. You can actually, through my art kit, you can leave a message and set the timer on it that says, Hey, when they turn 18, send them an email or send them a message so that they can say, Hey, I'm whoever this, I'm your real father. That person who's raised you is not actually your father. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely folks check out my art kit. M A M Y A R K I T. Give James contact. Let him know what you got going on. And trust me, you will love it. So, all right. So, Miss Diva, we are open. We are ready to happen. You got your water after this. You said, I love that you were like, I got Bible study and then wine. <laughs> that That is <laughs> some Jesus and some wine. <laughs> and you're drinking water and he turned water into wine. So, you got to go listen. And then, you know, and what is it right now? I, I do my Bible. I, I love it when people are like, you go to church every Sunday and Bible study? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. I still, I, I listen in the morning. Uh, what is it right now? Is it Matthew? We're doing Matthew right now. Is it Matthew? Are you doing Matt? Um, no, I'm doing Judges. Judges. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's one of those, like, very drama. I'm actually surprised that they haven't made more movies out of Judges. Like, Really? 
lot of stuff going on in there. You're just like, dang, it's like Game of Thrones, but like Bible stuff, like Bibles, <laughs> Bible history. Just a lot going on in there. When you get it, well, I mean, I was, it has to be Matthew. I, I, I'm almost sure it was Matthew. I was just reading, and I, you know, I've been, I was a kid, I was a Catholic kid that became Methodist, and you, you read it all, and then you forget about stuff. I completely forgot about this guy who, um, Legion. Have you ever heard, you know, the story of Legion? Have I heard the story of Legion? You know no. the story of Le so this is like, and it's so mind boggling to me. So there was, Jesus goes into this town and um, there's all these tombs and there's this guy and he's breaking, he, he's ripping chains off. They tried to chain the guy and he's walking around. He's breaking chains off of his legs. He's breaking them off his neck. And he talks to Jesus and Jesus is like, look, man. And I'm paraphrasing. Look, folks, I'm not, we're not going to go right. I'm not going to go into <laughs> English or nothing. But basically, Jesus is like, there's demons in this guy. And, and they're like, we're more than, than a demon. We're, it's like either 20 or 200. There's, there, and they actually say, there's a legion of us in here. And he's like, mm, okay, yes, it is. Okay. Gotcha. And he's getting yeah. ready. He's getting ready to, to yep. uh, expel them all. And they're like, before you expel us all, let us go into those pigs. And he's like, fine. And they all go into 200. That's what it was. It was 200 pigs. They go into 200 pigs and then they run into a, into a, a, a river or some body of water and they drown themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and then the people in the town are like, told Jesus, you got to get out of here. You got to go. We can't have you around here because mm -hmm. you're, you don't know what you're doing. And I was like, I was listening to that this morning because I just hit play on the Bible. I'm, oh, you do? Okay. Well, I'm actually reading. It's called The Story. And okay. it does it in such a format. It's kind of like you're reading. Um, I wouldn't really call it a novel. But it does it in such a way that it's not like verbatim. So it takes like the story as though you were reading uh, a, like a, um, a nonfiction, but like more of a story. It's literally called The Story Bible Study. Wow. And so literally some of these things that I've read when I was a kid, blah, blah, blah. And I'm getting here and I'm like, dang, this is now making sense. Now I understand Huso and Kier and David and Solomon and all of this, where before it was just a reading and mm -hmm. this Bible study is taking it like I was reading a book, um, a non like a fictional book, but it's the Bible. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Whiskey in the Word. <laughs> uh. I get off track so much every time, but so so tell me, Zamara, about your website. Uh, and folks, if you're if you're joining us, scrolling across the screen, the DivaWearsPink.net. Check it out. But but tell me what it is, why you created it, and I love the tagline: "Empowered Women Empowering Women." What is that all about? Well, I you know I've been an entrepreneur now for fourteen plus years. And um, I'm the daughter of immigrant parents of El Salvador. And my daddy, when he came, he now has res residency up in heaven. But when he was here, he was in sales literally the second day that he came to this country. He wanted, you know, a future for his family and to leave a legacy. And when one of the things he always taught me was, baby girl, if you if you look at people with just a dollar sign, I think it's time for you to find yourself another career. Because when you serve, we are to serve. So I'm in sales, but we are to serve others. And that really stood to me because it's how I look at others and how I can help the community, how I can be, um, how I can give my ministry. So for those, you know, Christian 
Christian believers, my ministry, my purpose, and my calling. Now they are a little different. Um, they have become a little different throughout the years, but I knew that I wanted to serve women in, in my, uh, when it came to my business, not knowing that my ministry would be for both men and women, empowering them in their journey called life. And then when it comes to the business, the diva where it's pink, it was empowering women in their journey of entrepreneurship, right? From there, it also stood that, yes, I'm a beauty consultant. I've been a beauty consultant now also for 14 plus years, been serving the community. And I realized when I was with women, I grew up in a home where I had my mom and she taught me about makeup. She taught me about skincare. So I thought all women had that. And then as I said, I was starting to serve and go to nonprofit organizations. I realized that like the basics, either they weren't taught at home, they didn't want to ask questions. And women started kind of like um, mirroring whatever they saw around them, either friends. Now we have social media back, you know, um, back in the day, it was like what they were seeing on the magazines and the indoctrination that we have that um, you got to put on a lot of makeup to feel confident. And my other tagline is confidence is the best makeup you could ever wear because the woman you see each other, the woman you see in the mirror is the woman you're going to go out there. So if in the mirror, you're, you're negative self-talking to yourself, no matter how much you put on the makeup, you're constantly negative talking to yourself. And so when I was coming to these ladies and teaching them about makeup and skincare, I was realizing that negative talk. And then we would have conversations. And that is how the inner beauty started because how they saw themselves didn't matter how much I helped them out. And I'm all about what is beautiful to you, right? So I love like color, but that doesn't mean that when I come to a consultation, I'm going to be like, oh, and you need this and you need like 50 minutes of contouring and you need like, you need all of these lipsticks. Like, no, if the woman says, you know, I'm looking for some like color that I, I just don't know how to like apply makeup on. I started noticing the things that they were not confident in. So they were going into a job interview and, um, they didn't know if they were good enough for the job. And the makeup was just, you know, just a superficial side of it. But how they were going into the interview, again, was that negative self-talk. So as I started talking more and more about it, I, I also thought, aren't women, because I grew up in a home where like self-esteem, I don't have any children, but I'd all, my girlfriends would always tell me, oh my gosh, are you talking about me? <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a lot of kids, so I had to give you cheers for not having any. <laughs> Hey, the Lord did give me the desire for family, but I don't have any children. Um, and uh, they would always be like, the way you love your doggy, like, how can you, how, how is it that, you know, and I'm like, well, I mean, I grew up in a home and my mom and again, you know, family and how we were together. And again, I thought everybody had that. And so I was so humbled and I constantly kept on thinking I didn't have a ministry because I wanted to go to another country thinking that I needed to serve um, the Lord. I don't know why I was thinking Indonesia, but I would think about Indonesia. I think we yeah. all look, cause that's because you've watched every late night TV show and they love to show us how anywhere over there in Indonesia or, you know, micro Asia or any of those, they need you. They need you today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Walk, out, walk out your door, look on the street, they need you to. Exactly. And that's say, how I learned. My dad used to say charity starts at home. Yes. And I, I think the biggest thing that we can do, even though I don't have children, I think the biggest um, gifting that the Lord has given us when we have families is it starts from home, right? 
like it literally starts from home. So it's that nurturing that you do, the love and the and um the culture that you even have within your home is so more important because those are our are, are future. Those children are our future, you know? Um, so I mean, I have my niece and nephew and I just pour on them because I'm like, you guys are our future. And um, we're we need to create more leaders within within our children. And they're only gonna learn. I always tell people. So I've been an entrepreneur and with women, they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to go in there. I'm not going to take care of my kids. Your kids should never be, should be your inspiration, should never be the block. I grew up in a home where my mom and dad were full entrepreneurs and well, I never felt that they involved? didn't miss anything of my life. You know well, what I mean? Why wouldn't you get them involved? See that? It, so I, I'm, I own my own business also. And I've made it real clear that, hey, summertime's coming. You're going to work. Like mm-hmm. that's, you got to mm-hmm. learn what it is and, and understanding. And my father owned a liquor store and a bar when I was a kid. So I went to work with him. I didn't go to summer camp. You know, that went to the, I went and, you know, moved cases of beer and opened up, you know, and put things away for my dad. So I, I completely, and I love the fact that you, you mentioned, about women and makeup and, and those type of personal care things, because I think, you know, I'm just thinking on the other side, I know a lot of young men, no one's taught them how to shave, how to, you know, my mom, you know, I talk about my dad, but my parents divorced when I was 11 mm-hmm. and then married each other when I was 18 during a lot of that phase, it was uncles that, that taught me a lot of things about shaving and stuff like that. But even then, I kind of, like you said, I had to kind of figure it out watching. I watch movies and like, well, this is how they shave. My wife said, why do you have hair up on your cheekbones? I'm like, because I know how to shave. So I shaved. I was shaving all up in here. <laughs> that's that's very interesting. So what has been some of the reception that you get? Like, what are some of the places that you bring this to? And I love the fact that you call it a ministry. Um yes. It's interesting to me, and I'm going to have to, because you've brought this up and we've kind of gotten into this. I'm going to ask you a question that I heard, a comment that was I heard recently that really as a Christian that I was like, you know what? This person is absolutely correct about something. So what are, what are some of the reception you get or some of the places that you bring this to, to where you say, hey, uh, you know, this is what I want to do for people. I want to teach you how to do these things. I want to help provide this to you to build that confidence so you can go out and do that job interview. What has been some of your reception? Reception from people that I'm teaching? People you're teaching or when you just go to somebody and you say, hey, I want to bring this to your organization or this is what my organization does. I want to, this is what I do. What has been some of the outlook on it? I used to think that there, and this is before, um, you know, I remember when somebody was like, oh, I learned it on YouTube. And I was like, how could you learn on YouTube? Because I still wear glasses. And I'd be like, I'd be the person like staring at me like, how do yes. I do that? you know? And so again, because I'm hands-on and I also understand that not everybody works the same way. I have learned to be very intuitive in the way that I speak to some people because some people, even before COVID, they preferred more of a teaching style than a one-to-one. So I literally started with one-to-one And then I would open up and say, I would love to teach this. So I do for Casa Teresa, I teach them once every two months, the ladies that are graduating and going into the business and going into their interviews, 
the, it's a it's an organization of um, what is that? What is what is what is it? Casa, Casa Teresa takes care of pregnant women that have been through domestic violence, and so they actually go through this whole process to get you know um, approved to be in the home. And then what I love about them is they teach them. So the main reason that women go back to their perpetrators is because they feel like financially they can't afford it, and they have children, and it's like I'm I'm gonna have to go back because there's no way that I can be on my own two feet. So Casa Teresa teaches them on how to be more independent, how to get that job. And I'm there teaching them um, interview etiquette as well as um, makeup. But again, makeup that's going to professional makeup that's going to help them out. And that's when I see their face light up and they're like, oh, my gosh, my mom never taught me this. Or now this makes sense. Like my kids, I want them to have a better. So it started off as being, you know what? I open up and I say, I would love to do this to serve others. And through those other connections have happened. But ironically, the Casa Teresa is what feeds my soul. So that gives me absolutely nothing. I do it out of um, my time, but it's what feeds my soul. And it, that's why I'm always reminded about what my dad would say, because we should see people as reasons to serve. And then naturally in our career, I do get opportunities where I'm speaking, where I'm doing this. And I, I do have a product that, that, I, that I back up. Okay. But the thing is that I don't lead with that. What lead is from my heart and everything else does follow. That is awesome. Like I'm lighting up hearing you because I love stuff like that. And, and now, and this is my question and, I, and I'm very curious, you know, again, as you know, from, from one pr Christian to another, and I try not to use, I, you know what? I don't like the term as a person of faith that, you know, that, <laughs> that is such the, like, I don't want to admit to, that I believe in God and Jesus and everything. I just, I'm a person of faith. Mm -hmm. So do you, because it sounds like, like this location is a faith-based location mm -hmm. that they're going into. Do you let them know that, Hey, I'm doing this as my personal ministry um, to, to put the word out there. Do you, because here's what I heard. And I was this, and I've never, God, I've never asked another Christian this, you know, and I had a, this past Sunday was such a great Sunday at our church. Um, but I'm curious, do you, do you invite people to your church? Do you make that effort? Because I heard this recently where somebody who was like an atheist, you know, somebody just being a hater and was like, Hey, you know, you say you're a Christian and the number one thing you're supposed to do is spread the word. But yet when was the last time you tried to get someone to come to your church or that you actually push that narrative? I don't remember the way he put put it. He goes, because if you're not, that's the most anti-Christian thing you can do. How do people, when do you ever get, because I, I love what you're doing. Like, I'm so excited hearing about it. <laughs> Thank you. Like, do you ever get that opportunity to push that part of the narrative and to push that part of your, uh, your ministry? And what's that feedback like? Well, one of the things that, you know, I've been surrounded when I first started doing um, business coaching where I was getting coached business-wise. Um, I loved her specifically because it was all about business and it wasn't either or, right? Then we started getting into um, the energetics, which I believe in. Um, it's, you know, the laws are laws, like the law of gravity is the law of gra gravity, right? Like there's just certain things that are just true. Doesn't matter. It's going to fall either way, right? I believe it or not. It's just the law. 
and like the law of assumption anyways but the point is that then we started getting into the woo-woo stuff and i was like oh that you know when it comes to i meditate but i meditate on the word and i pray so everything that was being um being taught to me like what we would call like worldly i was like wait a second everything is always rooted in a very spiritual base and i wanted people to hear me and not be like oh you're a christian because usually people have had bad experiences at church and with people Honestly, they haven't had bad experiences with God. They have bad experiences at church and with people. Thank you. (laughs) I cannot tell you how many times I've said to people, God ain't not never done anything to you. Right. God has never done anything to you. Mm -hmm. Somebody who has manipulated the word, somebody who has said that they were doing it for this reason. They have. God hasn't done nothing to you. So why are you so mad? And I'm telling you, it's always that. So I don't want people about two years ago, because I was doing my Bible study and I was like, no, I want my business. I want my, my career to be more kingdom, like kingdom um, minded, right? Doesn't mean that everybody that comes across me, like, I'm going to be like, you're going to be a Christian. But I wanted them to know, like, if you look at the world, what are we missing? We're missing love and kindness. There's literally a Bible verse about that. God talks about the basics, right? The fruit of the spirit. And we listen to this Bible verse and we're like, Duh, like it should be natural to love, be kind, be patient. And then you look at the world and you're like, ah, we're losing that. We're losing the basics, right? And so my whole thing, when I speak, I, I sometimes depending on my audience, I will talk about our higher being because at the end of the day, even an atheist, this is what I was going to tell you. Even with an atheist, I had this conversation. He's like, you are so full of faith, blah, blah, blah. And I said, hey, listen, were you there? Because um, he, he was an atheist, but believed that we came from frogs. I'm just, I'm just saying. And I said, okay, well, guess what? You and me have to have faith. You have to have faith that the fish became a human. And I have faith that God created the universe. None of us were there when it all happened. So guess what? We both have to have faith, even if you don't frogs. believe in what I believe. Frogs. I mean, that goes with the whole lizard people theory. I get that. I mean, I mean it's it's a real thing. That's a good. That's a good one. But but it's it's interesting, and, and it kind of you know, and that that brings up my next question because you you are a motivational speaker. You're an author. What you know? What are the two things? You know, people people fear uh, speaking in public more than they do death. They they say that that old <laughs> saying. But I don't, I'd be curious if that's still true. That was an old, old study. I wonder if that's still true. But so when you, you know, getting up in front of people and speaking, what are, you know, some of the topics that, that you speak about or, or things that you're looking to motivate people towards? Well, it's, it's funny you say that because your show is all about like, we would have conversation at the bar, right? Yes. And I like, and, and I like to speak to people like we were having a conversation over cocktails, coffee, or wine, like legit. And so these are the conversations we don't have. Like we have them superficially, but we don't have them at a deeper level. You know, like the way we look at life. So we can all have a crappy um, experience, but it's the way we look at it, right? We can't control certain things that happen to us. I mean, we can't live life thinking that we can't control anything. But the point is that we do have to let go of this idea that it has to be this way. Because when we're so down that it has to be this way, you don't allow God, in my case, to come through and work through me. Because there's a reason. There's even the bad things. There's a reason why we go through things. There were two things that I prayed for the most um, in my life. And none of them became true. 
Okay. So he did not restore a relationship and my daddy is up in heaven. But I think he did answer. God did answer my prayers, not in the way I wanted them to, right? I didn't want my God to have residency up in heaven. I'd prefer him to be here on earth. And I would have preferred for that relationship to have been restored, but it wasn't. But I see myself now and I let go of that about six months ago. And I see how God has moved my life in a way different direction because I'm not in, I'm not in this obsessive control thing that it has to be done this way or this thinking that like now I'm behind, you know, I'm feeling this and I'm feeling that the Lord gave us a heart of abundance and he gave us promises that we are to keep. So if we keep only focusing on all the things that have gone wrong, well, God made us. There's literally a verse that talks about capturing our thoughts because he made us. So he knew that as humans, we would regurgitate the same thing over and over and over and over and over, and over, and over again. And if you read the Bible, like God, not only is he so smart, he was the creator of us. He made us in such a way. And even in the Bible explains how to be better humans with our mind, because that is what controls a lot of how we see life and the lens through which we see it through. So having these conversations where rather than just being so polarized on one and the, what we call um, toxic uh, positivity, because that is a thing. Toxic positivity is a thing. Yes, um, absolutely. It is. You know what I mean? Um, that is something that I don't, I don't believe in. I mean, people would tell me like, you're really joyful that your dad like isn't here. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not like getting up in the morning and being like, <laughs> Hey dad, I'm glad you're not around anymore. <laughs> Kiss my ass. See you later, <laughs> bud. I know exactly what you mean. Like, so no, no, don't believe in that either. But when I tell you that I'm joyful, happiness and joy are two different things, right? I could be happy to go to Disneyland. And then when I leave Disneyland, my happiness can leave and joy is a state of being. I just heard this. So I'm, I, I've been talking about these books. They're older books, but I love them. I finished the first one uh, recently. And I love the names. The first one's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Oh, and that's my brother's other, favorite book. <laughs> I love your brother already. And the other one is called, the other one, same author, is called Everything is Fucked, a book about hope. <laughs> and, you know, the author talks about these exact things. And the one thing he said just recently is uh, in the book that I was reading, the opposite of happy, of happiness is not sadness. You know what it is? And it was like a mind opener to me. Lack of hope. Mm. It is not sadness. Mm. Because sadness means you still have hope. You you hope things were better and now you're sad. Mm -hmm. Anger is you hope things would go the other way and it didn't go the way you mm -hmm. wanted to. Mm -hmm. Now you're angry. The only opposite of happiness is lack of hope. Because at that point, there's nothing. Mm. There's no future. There's no take away hope. And it's like, and that's, you know, that's what we're talking about here. And that's what you guys are doing with through, you know, and folks, make sure you're checking out the diva wears, wears pink.net. Make sure you're looking. She's got, and, and I want to talk about this. You've got the leadership, the lady leadership challenge coming up here. Yes. That's in June. Or did that happen or did I miss that? It, it already happened, but I'm oh, actually I'm doing an extension of it. Oh, so you if you go okay. on the Facebook, because we were having great conversations about leading ladies. So it was all about. You are the leading role of your life. Act on it. Sometimes we're like the supporting role. Sometimes we're uh, being too coy about it. It's not about being um, overly confident. It's a difference. It's about 
being where God has asked us to be. We are to be the leading ladies of our home or as a mother or as a career woman, wherever God has placed us, we are to act with complete confidence in the name of Jesus. And so, but if we act as though we're constantly, oh, well, life is, you know, I'm too busy, which is one of the things that in our society has just become, it's like, they're completely stressed. Like some of my friends, I had to have a conversation with her, her kids on like five different sports of which only two he's interested. And I'm like, you are literally driving yourself crazy. Your kid doesn't even want to do the other three. Why are we doing five sports? Oh, because my neighbor, like we were talking about it and she has her kid on five sports and it was like, your neighbor. <laughs> chasing the, chasing somebody else's dreams. I love it. And, and you know, mm -hmm. it, that's, that's such a great point of, you know, again, it gets back to that hope piece. Are you, are you following your thing or somebody else's? And that leader, you know, I think that's a big thing also that you're, you're talking about leadership. You know, how many of us are looking for grounded leaders in our community or are we, you know, is this where we found our leadership at inside of a cell phone, inside of social media? Um, we're, we're bombarded with, you know, you talked about joy addiction, you mm -hmm. know? bombarded with people that are like hey i'm on my way to cabo right now <laughs> after that i'm headed off to the himalayan mountains i'm gonna go ahead and hang out with chirpas. <laughs> you know and you're like you're like i'm i'm going into my nine to five right now and i want to stab myself in the forehead what did i do wrong why is this 25 year old doing this and you're like i don't understand where did i make my mistakes at you didn't make a mistake folks. Listen. No. And sometimes I've had friends of mine who are like, I don't want to be um, in this stage of life. It could be monetarily uh, in their career or, or relationally, whatever it might be. And I always say, well, what are we doing today for the future? Right. It's okay to acknowledge. I don't like where I'm at. Great. Let's acknowledge it because there's no steps to move forward with that. The next question is what are we doing to do 1% better every day towards the goal that we want. Like if we want to be a millionaire and we keep on complaining and we're having the same job that only pays X, Y, Z amount, but we know we have to either get another degree, maybe a certification, maybe do some studying, passing an exam, but we keep just complaining. I mean, at one point you got to see yourself in the mirror and go, well, the answer is right there. And sometimes those are, again, conversations that we don't want to have but I do them for myself, you know? So when my relationship that I wasn't restored, I had a couple of options and I was like, I'm going to choose to be a better, the Zamara in the future needs me to be better today. So that when I'm cheering on new year's Eve, or I'm just putting in a holiday, um, that today's Zamara needs to be 1% better. And oh. so I know I need to do that every single day to get to that goal. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm just going to do a magic wand. It's an intentional work that I do inside, which is my Jesus time. And then those conversations that I have with God, because that's the thing, right? God's not a genie. So let's not only pray to him and ask him for all of these favors. He does say that he will give us the desires of our heart, but sometimes we don't really even know what the desires of our heart are. So that's why he isn't answering. There's no clear communication of yourself of what you desire. You know, that's why I say purpose in life should be more than just making money. Now, 
choosing a career that you are passionate about, that you're good at, that you use the giftings that God has given you and you use them for that and for the ministry. Like now we're, now we're attuned to what we're good at, attuned to the fact that we're giving back and we're not this expectation of being abundant. Now the Lord did, did give us an abundant mindset, but what did he, I forget the verse again. I'm awful at Bible verse tracking. Don't, don't stress it. There is one that talks about how like God will help you, but God's not going to help you with things he's already given you, right? He's giving you a sound mind or he's giving you these talents and you refuse to use them. He can't help you in that way. But if you use your talents that God has given you and you pray through that and you ask for guidance, he will give it to you. But we're so distracted and the noise yes. literally being quiet is one of the hardest things as a human that we can do, which is why I meditate. I love it. And there is something about breathing, coming together and meditating, which is a very yoga thing to do, but it is a very natural thing for us to do. Of well, which we don't do. It's what prayer is. People, mm-hmm. people mistake that, you know, we, you hear like the yoga meditation, but prayer is meditation. That's yeah. exact. You don't even have to call it meditation. You say, well, I take my time to breathe and pray because your mind's going to wander whether we like it or not. We're human. Mm-hmm. And, but the other side is, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious of your approach. So it sounds like you've talked to some folks and we we all run into them here and there where they have, this is uncomfortable. The conversation we're having very open conversation that says, Hey, you've used your faith to help women, to help other people move along. You, you found a way to to create the ministry in your heart for other people. And I love it. Samara, you have no idea how exciting this is. (laughs) So you, you've used that to help other people to grow for them. Mm-hmm. What has been your approach, though, to that woman who, you know, she might be in uh, in that home and she's getting ready to graduate, but she's only there because it's a program. She doesn't care right. about it. she's there. It's a program. I was in a bad situation. I love that you used the term perpetrator. I love that. I've never heard that used that way. I love that. But, you know, they're not in that mindset. They just are looking to move forward. How do you approach that person to make sure that they understand that, Hey, look, it's, it's okay to not, not be there. You you know, the, the, look at, to quote another verse, if you don't know me, you'll never know me. Yeah. It's, it's okay. You know, it it happens. We all find it at our own time. You might be on, you might be in a hospital bed when you find it, you know, but how do you approach those folks and, and to help them? Because, I hear from you, you're very faith-based, but some people just, they're angry towards it. I think um, for me, I've had people tell me that, <clears throat> and I'm still kind because the Lord still asks us to be kind to everyone. And I think by being more in God's character, that's what people, character is not a conversation, it's not something we really talk about, right? We talk about status, we'll talk about what you're doing, like to career, like, you know, the family, the kids and all that, but we don't really talk about character, but character is the one who literally is what you carry every day, right? Is how you make your choices, not necessarily right or wrong. Yes, right or wrong, but it's, it's how you, it's your compass, right? It's your character. And so when somebody has told me, um, it's nice, it works for you. Good for you. Like I've been told that it works for you. Nice. Um, so glad it works for you. I'm glad that works. And I'm like, no, it's not just for me, but I understand. Um, you always have to understand where people are coming from because a lot of people, when they're in those positions, they're so used to constantly having to 
to defend themselves, to defend their children, to defend what they're doing, um, survival mode. And survival mode will does not give you the opportunity to trust other people. They haven't been given the opportunity because those who they've trusted have completely demolished, which is like something I'm wanting to get into, which is more of like trauma-informed coaching. Um, What's and that? I learned that trauma can be little T trauma or big T trauma. And I always used to think like, oh, I've never had anything really happen to me. But I mean, there's things along the way that I've learned. And um, that's something that I do want to start incorporating. And I'm learning how to um, how to be better incorporate that in the future. So to be able to speak to people from an understanding standpoint, rather than just a, this is what you should do, right? I, I love that. I love that approach. And we're we're getting ready here. You know, I hate the fact that we got to close the bar. Here. <laughs> no like, like we haven't even scratched the surface of everything that you've got going on. And, and, and I do want to talk about that. You know, like I said, folks, check out the diva wears pink.net. You can see everything that Zamara has got going on. So now you did say you, you do have a product line. Mm-hmm. Now is that a, a, I know you said for 14, it's 14 it's plus a, years. Yeah. Nate, Nate's a good friend of mine. He could probably use some beauty tips. I mean, he's got to sneak up on a glass of water. I mean, he's, he needs all the help he can get (laughs) already close to nine. You don't even know how to tell time. Uh, Time flies by brother. It does. He's him and I got some good shows coming up though. I love Nate, but um, so kind of rolling back to this, what it, you know, what is that product line? You know, you said 14 years of, of beauty stuff. And folks, look, I, if you're listening to my audio, I know it sounds great. Take a moment. Go look at Zamara. I'm going to say it. I don't care. She can get mad at me. She's a beautiful <laughs> woman. She's, she looks like if, if she's going to tell me like, oh, thank you in a minute. But if she's older than 25, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yes, I am. Oh, wait. I I'm met your 25 year olds. She looked like she's 25. So, but you know, but what is, you know, what sets your product line apart from others? I want to talk about that for a minute. You know, I mainly think it's because I come from more and please have a virtual coffee with me and I can talk more about the actual products and brand. I'd love to have more of a one-to-one conversation with you, but you can, you can just click the link for a virtual I, coffee. Now that's the diva wears pink.net. .net, and there's a calendar link on there that they can do a virtual coffee date with me so that we can have more of this conversation. But I learned being the girl that would go to the skincare counter or beauty counter and would buy a ginormous amount of money, would come home and have absolutely no idea idea what I was doing or what I had just bought because the girl just kept telling me to buy, 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 buy. So then I came from it from a different approach where I wanted to remember your name. These are all things that my girl, the, the girl behind the counter for 14 years could not get my name. Gonna get my name, and mind you, she was the same. It's not like I had different ladies coming. You had the one. This was your one. This is my one. The name, my foundation. You didn't have to be like foundation beige four fifteen, but you could at least be like, oh, I think you're beige, whatever. And so it just, I was just a person that would come over to her beauty counter. Mind you, they get commission over what you get. So that's the that's how I approached it. Where I'm more of a consultant. Hold Hold on, beauty is commission sales. Like the girls behind the counter? Is that commission sales? I didn't know that was commission sales. I mean, they get they get their they get their base, of course. Right. And then whatever they're you know selling, they get either depending on the line. And now this was years ago; things could have changed. But back then, it was like um like a bonus. Like a spiff. Or, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. 
And I was the girl that I would always get everything. So they'd be like, ah, she's an easy one. Ah, target number one. Come on. <laughs> I'd be like, and I would always raise my hand like, yes, yes. So because I've literally told clients, you don't need everything. You need the things that your skincare needs, not the things just because I have boosters and I have retinol, you might not be ready for that. So we need to slow it down. Like we need to go to the basics. Nobody ever told me that, but I realize now and people appreciate is that like, we're doing baby steps. You can't go from like zero to 100. And sadly, social media will tell you, like, you'll see something. You'll be like, oh, you look so good on her. Why doesn't it look good on me? And I'm like, cause you honestly don't know really her skincare. Is she really doing that every single day or is she getting other stuff done? Hey, there's no judgment. If you have other treatments, I just believe in aging gracefully. i I do. And I believe in my lotions and potions, as my dad would call them. <laughs> I just believe in consistency and daily use, just like everything, right? Just like reading the Bible should be daily, just like we should be walking and exercising daily and, and all the stuff that does become like a lot. We just need to slow it down. We just need to slow it down. That's that's an amazing approach. Now, Nate always has my favorite question. I'm going to okay. take his question. Cause he always asks the same question, but I'm going to, I'm going to change it up. So okay. you said mom and dad were originally from El Salvador. Yes. So what is your favorite El Salvadorian meal? Salvadorian meal. Okay. It's, it's actually, I want to know El Salvadorian meal. El Salvador. Well, you said it quite well. Um, I can roll. Salvador, I can roll um, they call it salpicon, which is very interesting. Cause I'm now flexitarian. Flexitarian just means that I'm vegan. Like, for, for me, it's four days out of the week I'm vegan, and then I, okay. I eat meat whenever um, I decide to. Um, but salpicon is beef. Say the meal again. Say it again. What is it? Salpicon. Salpicon. All you do is you take the meat, you mince it, you mince mint, you mince some onion, and you mince some like beets, and then you put lime and onion, and you mix it. Oh, it's so good. And then you mix it. And then that is like a solid meal. I mean, pupusas are, people know mainly about El Salvador, but salpicón was one of my favorite things that my mom would make. Or when I go to restaurants, it's definitely something. It's my go-to. All right. Now, wait a sec. So salpicón, and hopefully I'm saying Perfect. It. Perfect. Uh, Said it perfectly. Is it like, are you eating it? Because I'm hearing what you're saying. Are you eating it over rice? Are you having it with with something like what do you I do? don't do over rice, but t t um, the typical meal would be salad, salpicón with the meat, all like that. And mind you, the the beef is uh, fully cooked, okay. um, boiled mainly, and um, a salad and rice. Boiled, really? Mm -hmm. I know I... it doesn't it doesn't sound fantastic, no. but it's just the way that it's. Um, you know how ceviche people will be like, oh, that's fish yeah. and it's raw, but it's cooked. The meat is cooked. And they just mince it like really, really small. I'm actually and... surprised you didn't say ceviche. Hmm? I'm surprised you didn't say it like a ceviche or something like that. Well, a ceviche would be more like uh, that'd be more like Peruvian. Obviously, a Mexican uh, have their version of ceviche. We have our version of ceviche. Um, but my favorite ceviche is by far Peruvian ceviche. Like by I, far. I have a friend. Uh, I used to work for Amtrak and on the railroad and he is Peruvian and the craziest thing I didn't know. So I, he educated me. We went to a Peruvian restaurant in New York city. I didn't understand the 
Asian influence on Peruvian food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm we're there, and I'm like, why is this with like new like like this sounds Asian? He's like, <laughs> yes. like he's like. He, yeah, you dumb white ass. He's like, that's exactly what it is. He's like, we have a huge Asian population in. Peru. If I'm not mistaken, I think one of their presidents was Japanese. Yeah, like he explained this whole thing to me, and I'm like, and the big corn kernels, like the yes, 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 corn that is. Like you got all excited for those years. I did. I love that stuff. But I was like, very. I know. Back to food talk for a moment, because there's a fat kid that lives in my soul. Uh, <laughs> I so I my wife will tell you. Tell me, there's a new new style, uh, a, a new ethnic restaurant that opened up in the neighborhood. We are there. I'm eating it often. Like we Love have, it. we have a Chinese restaurant near us that is straight up legit Szechuan frog hearts. You know, Ooh. like stuff like that. Where it's like, this is the there is the I always put it this way. There's RPI, which is uh, Rensselaer Poly Institute, amazing hockey school and amazing uh, technology school, like engineering school. Mm-hmm. All the kids from over in Asia, that's where they go to eat. That's my that's my uh, this must be the real place. This mm-hmm. is the real deal because that's where they all go and eat. So, but, you know, and but back to what we were talking about. We're kind of talking about these were the two things that I've always used to tell people. If you want to know people, where do they eat? Where do they pray? If you if you know where a community eats and where it prays, mm-hmm. you know everything about that community. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's there's not much more you can say about it than that. You know, and if you say to me, well, they don't pray around here. Well, that's kind of a tough community. Like you, there's some problems there. You right. Know what's going on? Well, they don't eat together. That's probably because they also don't pray together. You know, they don't do those things. And mm-hmm. I, I truly still believe that. And a lot of cultures like, you know, El Salvadorian cultures, listen to what you say. I always think of Latin American cultures as very much still faith-based cultures, still care about mm-hmm. their faith. And do you still do you still do your Sunday dinners or, or whatever? Mm-hmm. I grew up with those kind of things. Was that stuff that you grew up with? Oh yeah, absolutely. And it was, you know, it's even something now that I try to do um, with my family and friends is to um, host and bring them together through food. One of the best conversations you can have, there's a sign that I have, which I'm going to demolish on top of my living and it's about breaking bread and okay. it's what a privilege it is to break bread with you pretty much is the same. And then of course there's a Bible, there's a Bible verse at the bottom of it, but it's about breaking bread with people because that's the thing that we're missing, right? There's so much disconnection and we have so much connection or we can meet people from all over the world. But in reality, it's it's those conversations that make us a strong, make us who we are. And that's as a society, we've kind of missed that. We've missed eating around the table, having those conversations, how our day are going and all that. So. Well, you, you, I think you nail it with that. You know, the, the table conversation of you know what your experiences and my experiences and i know folks if you're listening to this you're like oh this is just a big old love fest between the two of them. i promise you if zamar and i sat down long enough we would find things we don't agree with oh <laughs> uh, yeah I, I have a friend named tom uh good buddy of mine before tom and i met i didn't believe in universal health care i didn't 
and, and Tom will tell you because I'm as a retired Marine, I believed go take your ass to, to a service serve when you're done, the VA will take care of you. Mm-hmm. You've paid in. Now you can get some payback. Mm-hmm. That really was, was my mindset uh, towards all of it. And then you want to see, you want to see ugly for a minute. Let me show you ugly for a second here. Let me show you. Come here, Alan. <laughs> Come here, Alan. No, look, this is my eldest. He, oh, he look, nice. My eldest. Look at that face. That's a face only a Chia pet could love. Oh, my God. <laughs> as he leaves. Wanna, as he leaves. But you want to see pretty here. Let's see if my wife will come around. This is. Aww. Get away from me. Get away from me. This is my children. They all come trading. I got all kind of this. But see, look how pretty my wife is. There you are. Hi. She said she told me she's not older than 25. Tell me she doesn't look older. Than oh, I'm definitely over 25 for sure. Look at her. She looks. Like I she, can't. I can't tell either. <laughs> but but Zamar, I mean, everything you got going on is a- absolutely amazing. Uh, I really love Thank it. You. My, my children popped in for a minute. You got to throw a pain in the ass. I'm telling you, I can't. <laughs> no. They're good kids who are a pain in the. They get. They all keep coming back. I keep trying to change the locks on the door, and they just keep coming back. <laughs> Any, any speaking engagements anything you got coming up here here uh, real soon uh maybe not soon i actually had my presentation today which was really nice so i'll be posting that on my instagram um and then i have another one in july in san diego and then another one in august so i pretty much have one at least one every month and it's all okay. locally here in san diego la and orange county Okay. Um, that I have them, but I, I will be doing, um, for those who are interested, I did do a virtual summit and it was just like an hour and a half long out of some goodness. And it wasn't just entrepreneurship. It was like my work besties that had w- words of wisdom to give. So if you'd like to have a replay of that, when you go onto the website and then go on, like subscribe to the newsletter, um, and you can put some notes in there and I can have and send it over to you. It was, it was a, it was a blessing to do. And it was a blessing to work with women that had a different hearts and different, um, all coming together for the same reason, but having different perspectives of life. And that's all we can find all that on the, the Devo yes. shares and folks and where's with an S at the end of it. Where's pink. Yes. With an S dot net and on Instagram, the Devo wears pink as well. So everything is the Devo wears pink. Mm-hmm. They can always find you there and Correct. reach out. Very easy to communicate with folks. Take the time. Give, give Zamora a follow, give Zamora a like, do that. Do that. Take that. And I say this every week. This sounds very cliche. I know for some of us, it, we hear things like, hey, like, follow, share, subscribe. You hear that and you're like, I don't want to hear this shit. You know, <laughs> but but reality of it is, is if you think that what Zamara's got going on is positive, does matter, is going to be something that that's going to make a difference by you following and, and liking my show and going on and giving a comment and saying, hey, Sean gave, gave her her platform and did something there. By doing those things and giving those comments, that's how these algorithms work, whether we like it or not, whether you think it matters or not. And, and, and listen, folks, none of us are Kanye or any of them that like, I've got seven follow. I follow seven people. <laughs> I million follow me because I'm that cool. We're not. Stop being acting like it. Give somebody your attention. Give somebody your love. Give this show a like and a follow and a share. Give Zamara a like, follow and share on Instagram. Let them know what's going on because that's how this message grows. That's how everything gets better. 
look, we've talked about Jesus this whole time. Guess what? It was 12. He started with 12. Now he did. Don't look at the rest of us. From, from 12, we've got a whole planet that knows who he is. So kind of something to, to keep in mind there. Give give the DivaWearsPink.net a like and a follow. Give her an opportunity. Now, Zamar, I kn- this is episode 185. So I know you've listened to all 184 <laughs> other episodes. You, you poured them into your heart. You listened to all of them. So you know what's about to happen, which is at the end of every episode. And, don't, and I always say this, and don't log off on me. The guest gets the final words, Amara. So what is the final word? Oh, actually, the final words I'd like to take, I want to pour on you and just say that I love what you're doing. Um, I love that you have a, um, a platform that you're welcoming people to come on. And um, you're a man of faith, and I can tell. And you're um, a man who, with a leader of your family, which we are as men, you guys are called to not only be men of faith, also lead the family, and we need to have more of that in the world. So let us, this type of interaction that we have in these conversations, I want to thank you. So I just want to take the time, um, honestly, to thank you for the opportunity. And um, like I said, if you, I always say, if you need to check up from the neck up, I'm your girl. Alrighty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been an Earplug Podcast presentation found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.